Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce alongside of uh, not Jimmy, but uh, Vinny and Charles. What's going on boys? Not much. It's finally, it's finally good to be back. Oh uh, yes. Haven't been on, haven't been on since the summer and the playoffs, but with the new season coming up, hopefully beyond more. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Jimmy actually has a job and is working. So decided why not have my boys on Vinny and uh, Charles and hopefully we can get them on more this season as well. Cause it's always good to have them on so um start things off um so Corey Crawford retired I can't remember what day it was because time just seems like I, I don't even know like I can't, it's all I don't, felt the same since yeah. March of last year <laughs> yeah I can't remember if it was yesterday or a couple days ago or a few days ago but either way Corey Crawford is retired and um I just want to say that it, it sucks, obviously, him retiring because I still think he had a lot to give. I still think he could have played at a, league, at a very elite level. And you just look at his final game. He had 49 – I think it was 48 or 49 saves in that game four win against Vegas. And he didn't go out just, like, really uh, trailing off. He went out at the top of his game. And I thought he still had more to give. But you know what? It's his decision. He's got uh, two young sons. And I think, uh, you know, all the best to him. It's, it sucks to see him go. But – he had two Stanley Cups. He always, and I think the biggest part of, about him is he had an answer for all his critics. You know, um, there were some games I always remember. Uh, game four against Boston, the 2013 Stanley Cup final. Even though they won that game, like the whole thing was like Crawford can't stop anything, glove hand side. But then the next, two yeah, games, I remember that. And then the next two games, he only lost three goals. He kept them in that game six where they were getting hammered by the Bruins, and just even go to 2015 where he lost his job in the first round to Scott Darling. That would screw with a lot of uh, goalies like minds their confidence and no he came back had no problem he swept the wild beat Anaheim and then pitched a shutout in game six of the Stanley Cup final which is like I, like people would call him not a, an elite goalie like an elite goalie no. does that in game six of the Stanley Cup final and you remember the the breakaway save on Steven Stamkos man like he was just he always had an answer he was always clutch and that's my uh, take on Corey Crawford what about you guys um I think for Crawford like just I remember saying this uh, uh, just before the playoffs started when he uh, uh, battled through COVID and he came back and it, it took a couple games for him to, to get back to what we normally expect from, uh, expect from Crawford. But I mean, he just, he's always, he's always been able to 
get through adversity. I mean, you look at um, like the concussions and it always just seemed like whenever he'd come back, you know that he'd be able to bounce back and it wouldn't derail his career. And it's just, I'm happy for him, you know, that he, it, it, it's ultimately it was his decision. But um, I think, you know, you can make the argument that Bowman pushed him out. I mean, that, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Crawford and really he just, he gave everything to the Blackhawks. So. Yeah. Um, I remember back in like 2012 when Crawford was like really loathed among the fan base. It's incredible to me to see now from then to now, he went from a goalie. No one thought could be the guy to the guy for the Blackhawks. Like you look at 2013, 2015, he was, he was crucial to both those runs, especially 2013. I thought he should have won the Conn Smythe that year. Kane even thinks he should have won the Conn Smythe like, that year, and that's everything. That he he was so good. Like, yes, we've seen years where Crawford wasn't amazing in the regular season, but he got it done in the playoffs. On the biggest stage, he was able to get it done. Like, and even in his later years, with a worser defense, and everyone said, well, he's got a good defense, he still had really good seasons with a terrible defense. Yeah, I mean, that's just that, and sorry, you think of that 2017-18 year, and I think that just proves how great of a goalie that Crawford was. And they were in a playoff spot while he was playing, and I think he had like a 928 or 929 save percentage. And as soon as he got injured, the Blackhawks just trailed off and didn't even make the playoffs. And I think that spoke to how valuable Corey Crawford was to that team and how much he just was really keeping them in that in, in the 2015-16 season and 2016-17 season. And as soon as he left, the dam broke and they missed the playoffs. That's how valuable he was to the team. He just, he just carried them. Like, you know, like, like you can't, it just makes no sense to me. Those people that say he, he was behind a good team because he was through those cup runs. But, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as the defense started going downhill, which it did pretty fast, he was always there. And he just, he was, he was the backbone from then on. And he really just carried those teams. And I think we can all agree that, uh, especially the last few seasons without Crawford, I mean, you'd be, uh, you'd probably count on the Blackhawks to be right near the bottom of the league. So they have no business in winning that series against Edmonton or even in playing mm-hmm. against Vegas without him. Yeah, exactly. Like, saw... um, sorry, you oh, go. <laughs> it's cool okay. that, um, that he went out still at an elite level. Like, he could have easily played for a very long time and then just. Like, I kind of don't like seeing athletes play to the point where they're no longer, they're like a shell of what they once were. Crawford was still a very good goalie. I mean, he had a 917 save percentage this year with a horrible defense. You could look at all the advanced analytics of like those, his advanced stats are like top tier in the NHL. Yeah, like his high danger save percentage was at the top. His goal saved about average is right at the top. Yeah. Like he's a, yeah. He was still an elite goalie. That, that he was up there with Hellebuck and Kemper. Yeah, that goal saved above expected is crazy. Like, obviously, I think we've um, I've touched I've talked about this before, but like uh, goals saved above expected, which I, I won't get into the definition of it. It's a little complicated. But Hellebuck, we all we all know how great of a year he had. He was at twenty one. The next closest was Crawford at like nine, and and nine is incredible for like for when you consider the defense that he had. So it's really impressive. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like they don't realize that Corey Crawford this past year was like at least a top five goalie. Yeah. Um, do you guys think he's a Hall of Famer? Oh, man, it's I tough. I want to say he is, but he's so like on the borderline. Like he's got a shot. Every, yeah, he's got a shot, but it's a lot of every goalie that I've seen goes in the hall. They need to have a Vesna. Yeah, like, that's, uh, that's what I was going to say. That's the big yeah. thing that's holding the back. The Vesna is a big thing to get in. It's but really important. I, w- I will say this. Um, another really important thing, when you look at guys that get in, I think winning. Just like when you talk yeah, about Yeah, that does help. I think that'll um, – if, if Crawford does get in, um, those two cups will 
will have made up for him not having a Vesna. I think if he does, and the two him. Jennings trophies don't hurt mm-hmm. either. Getting yeah. two Jennings, he doesn't have a con smite to his name either, which sucks. Like not even a, like a con smite. He doesn't no, have any. Yeah, even though he awards. totally deserved yeah. it in 2013, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. definitely. But either way, even if Crawford doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame. You know, he's got, uh, he can say what Patrick Watt said, and he's got two Stanley Cup rings plugging his ears. So, <laughs> honestly, Crawford, there were some times where I did doubt him, like 2012, like against uh, Phoenix. Well, then Phoenix, I was like, uh, is this is this really our goalie? But then 2013, yeah. he proves me wrong. And then there were some times, t- yeah, and then sometime in like, there was like a couple times in 2014, especially after that King series, I'm like, maybe he can't shut it down in these big games. Like maybe he's a one hit wonder, but then like 2015, I saw him like, oh yeah, this guy, but I, this guy gets it done. The, the recurring thing for me was that like, like when I look back on Crawford's career, it's that there weren't really, a, a, there weren't many times where you could say he was consistently bad for a long stretch. No, he might've had you know like I mean? an off year, but like yeah. he never strung like two bad seasons and, together. And, and we talk about the adversity that he, that he'd gone through with injuries and stuff, but just even, even when you take out injuries and just when he does have a bad stretch, he always seemed to find a way, at least in my eyes to, to be able to bounce back. Yeah. He was a battler. He always found a way to answer his critics and he always made those big saves. And I think that's the one keyword that defines Crawford. He was just a battler. A real question is, do you think Crawford is, is he one of, is he the best Blackhawks goalie of all time? I do. I think so. Because, like, he's in some tough competition, like yeah. Glenn Hall, Ed Belfer, like, Tony Esposito. He's got some, like, elite company as one of the all-time great Blackhawks goalies. It's, I mean, it's recency bias for me, but I think he's the yeah. best of all time. <laughs> yeah, no, that, there is definitely some recency bias there. But I think just for me, all the times I've had to defend him, like, like whether it's uh, with, with people It's I the know. same with Taves. I've had yeah. to defend Taves a lot yeah, online. Yeah, so it just feels like... Um, I mean, yeah, you can definitely make the argument that he's the best Blackhawks goalie ever. He is definitely getting that number retired because he didn't. He no remember he, he didn't just he didn't just play well behind the cup teams. He he played well behind some really shoddy defenses. <laughs> so and he spent thirteen seasons. He spent thirteen seasons with the franchise. Yeah. I mean, technically, he never played a game with New Jersey, so it's kind of like. In a way, he never played with another team. He went out a Blackhawk. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, kind of like Michael Jordan with the Wizards. No one ever remembers <laughs> that. But, yeah, he pretty Broder, much played his it's like Broder, It's like Broder with St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's a cursed image. Even like Lungfist with the, the Capitals. He spent his whole career with the Rangers, and I don't even know if he'll I ever was, play a game with the Rangers, or with the Capitals, sorry. Can I just say, I was actually looking forward to seeing Lungfist. Oh, I totally play, was. Playing behind, playing yeah. behind Samsonov. I think, that, I think that would have been a really good one-two punch. I think Lungfist would have really benefited. Yeah, and I think Lundfist, yeah. and I think Samsonov would have benefited from Lundfist too. Yeah. Just all and and he's, he's him ready as, him to as a mentor. Up. Yeah, he's he's definitely a goalie that's ready to step up as a starter. Yeah, Washington's an intriguing team. Season. Washington's an intriguing team. We actually have a guest on, like an analyst for the the Capitals. that will be coming on, so we'll get to talk about that. But anyways, ah. um, yeah, um, so yeah, any you guys any have anything else out about Crawford? I think we've said our piece. Yep, we're. We're um, yeah, we're we're happy for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think honestly, like there was nothing more he could accomplish in the NHL. Maybe like, one of Vesna, but but yeah, it, he, I don't think he would be able to win at this point of his career. He's done just, pretty much everything he could. It's just he has and, trouble staying healthy, which it, it's especially with concussions. Like yeah. you've got you've won cups, you've made a lot of money, you're one of the all time greats for the Hawks. There's nothing more you could achieve. And he's got it's a family not, now too, right? It's not yeah, worth the most important part. Jeopardizing your health more with concussions. It's I, just on. not worth it. One one last thing about Crawford. What do you, what do you guys think about him coming back? Well, I'm I'm assuming he'd come back to Chicago. I mean, but maybe a spot in the organization. I don't know. Like goaltending coach, maybe I would. I, would I could see sure. it. Yeah. See, um, um, what's his name? Um, Luongo in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Panthers, Crawford, man. Yeah. They've been doing good with goalies lately. They used to have like one of the shallowest goalie prospect pools. Now they got Devin Levi and Spencer Knight. So yeah, some some interesting thoughts. All right, 
on to uh, standouts at the training camp. Well, what training camp? So I just want to ask you guys what have been some uh, standouts to you that could potentially make the team that might be outsiders or dark horses. You go first, Charles. Oh man, I haven't been able to watch a ton, but from I what I've either. heard, yeah. Um, I'm just maybe expecting. I think Suter might make the team. Like maybe Pius Suter could get in as like a sneak in, because with at with center, there's gonna be guys. There's the Hawks are so shallow at center, they're gonna have to find other guys to replace, and that'll open up holes for wingers. Like I think. I think Brokefist has looked pretty good, but everyone knows he'll make the team. Like, I still hate that Zadorov is on the Blackhawks, but, I mean, we'll just see how he does. But I've watched some of the young guys. They've looked good. Yeah. It's tough to, uh, it's tough to really be able to tell just, um, uh, just from, like, clips. But um, yeah. I know uh, during that scrimmage, um, Highmore was – was doing really well. And I think Highmore is a guy that um, we saw it in the playoffs. He's, he's always going to be able to stand out uh, because he's, he's really good just at what he does. Right. He's, he's a high energy plays, guy. He plays so he hard. could easily play like third line this year with all the very, centers out. Yeah. Very high energy guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, you look at the center position and I mean, you take you take out Taves and Doc. That's your top two centers. And if you take out the top two centers of any team, and you're going to have a problem. Let alone the Blackhawks, who for sure are a team right now that certainly doesn't have the organizational depth that it once used to in its heyday. Yeah, if you do that to Pittsburgh, that's Crosby, Malkin. You do that to Toronto, that's Matthews and yeah. Tavares out. So like, no, I don't think any team could with it withstand mm-hmm. losing their top two centers. So that's a good point. Um, one person, I haven't particularly been able to watch him a bunch, but one person I've heard that's been standing out is Nicholas Bowden, that he's put on some more weight. He's more assertive when playing defense, and I think that's great. He's not necessarily a flashy guy. He's more of a, a thinker, get-the-puck-up-to-you yeah. kind of guy, guy. And I think that's important for him because last year he did struggle in Rockford, but he really did come on towards the end, and he got that call-up at the end of the season and looked good in that one game against San Jose. And it'll be interesting to see if he gets a chance with the regular team this year. I actually, I look forward to seeing him in the NHL um, for a consistent span. And it, it's been a really, uh, like if you ask Bodine right now about his progression, it's been really interesting for him because in the QMJHL, I think it was with, he played with Drummondville, right? Yeah, so, Drummondville. Yep. Drummondville. He was an offensive defenseman there. and Guy was um, point per game. Yeah, that's, I mean, we all know um, if you if you pay attention to the CHL, the QMJHL is a very, uh, offensive driven league so yeah for, for, for Bodine to go from offensive defenseman there to maybe now just like Pierce said where he's probably he's more of a defensive guy now kind of like a uh, two-way defenseman like he's not yeah, entirely yeah. He's, defensive he's, he's but he's not, not going to be yeah. joining the Russian like you don't, you don't this just, is like um you don't just lose is... that offense right? <clears throat> but, but he's he's a steady guy in his own end so it's been a really intriguing development curve for him this isn't this is Panthers related, not but this reminds me of Mackenzie Weger. When when Weger was drafted, he was an offensive defenseman with the Halifax Mooseheads, which I think is I think he played in Halifax. QMJHL. I remember correct. But he when he made the Panthers roster, he became like a two way guy. And like you're seeing that with Bowden as well, because he's gonna have a better shot if he has more of a two way game. Because, like, you need to have that with this Hawks roster where the team is not very good defensively. So you have to give more than just puck moving and passing. Like, you have to be able to play both ends. Yeah, definitely. Um, any guys, other guys that have stood out to you? Any of y'all? What else have we heard? Who else have we heard good about? Um, I like how we're going off just what we've heard and not much. I just haven't been able to watch them. Yeah, I, I honestly like, have not. Either, all all I've honest. seen are all I've seen are clips, really, and and the scrimmage part of it. Yeah, and I um, know, and Highmore was the name that I know he scored a few goals. I think Peary got a goal. Um, Tompkins, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he's, let's just say he's on waivers for a reason. Um, <laughs> uh, was Subban was Subban was in, and. Um, I don't know if and I think Lankin and Lankin and played too, but um, yeah, yeah, kind of on that topic. It's tough to tell. Kind of on that topic. Who do you think starts on Wednesday? Oh man, it's tough. I think I think we start. It looks like we're going to be starting with Subban, but what I hope happens personally 
you take the three Blackhawks goalies this year, Subban, Delia, Lankinen. One of them has not had a shot in the NHL yet, and that's Kevin Lankinen. So I'm hoping that he ends up, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, he gets his shot. And I'm really excited to see him finally in action. It feels like, uh, it feels just like um, Ian Mitchell for me. It feels like I've been waiting forever to see him in the NHL. So, oh, that's a that's a standout. Ian Mitchell has been yeah. great. One thing that I think I brought this up last last podcast is that when I was listening to the Blackhawks Talk podcast, Sterling Romeliotis brought up the fact that he was very vocal with his uh, defensive partner. And usually, when you're that young, you're kind of timid, shy, and really don't say much. You kind of just go about your business. But the fact that he's communicating out there speaks a lot about his uh, leadership and his uh, dedication to the game. And that's why he was a captain at uh, the University of Denver. And I'm really looking and- forward to Ian Mitchell. Yeah, that's that's why he ultimately like he because if you ask him or even Bowman or whatever, he could have played in the NHL last year. I definitely think that. Yeah, like he he probably was ready to, but um, Mitchell said that he wanted to go back to Denver, get the chance to be captain, um, uh, try try and go for a um, a uh, national championship with Denver, and uh, he did become the captain, and I think that's going to be. I think I think this year he's he's more than ready to be in the NHL. You know what I mean? Like he's he's yeah. By, take, by by waiting an extra year, which is always good for a defenseman, a young defenseman, um, for their development. Um, by waiting that extra year, I think now he'll be more than ready to uh, be an NHL player. Yeah. And Bowman even said on, I think it was a Blackhawks talk podcast too, that they said at times last year that they had him ahead of uh, Bogfist on the depth chart. So really excited to see Ian Mitchell. Um, Obviously this year's going to be really tough with looking at Taves out and Doc and just our lack of goaltending depth. Um, But uh, one positive will be watching Ian Mitchell. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops and hopefully he stays a Blackhawk for a long time. I think we're going to eventually see him become an alternate captain. Like, I think Doc is going to be the captain, and I think Mitchell's going to be an alternate eventually. I agree there. I just, Good Alberta boys. I just, yeah. <laughs> I got those leadership qualities. Where's Where's Mitchell from? He is from Calhoun, which is northwest of Edmonton. I think it's like an hour okay. out. All right. Yeah. Um, um, and, and on the topic of Boakfest, I, I, um, I know we have certainly mixed feelings about Zadorov being in our top four. But um, I, I think, thought it was on the bottom pairing because I saw defensive pairings. It was I think or, it was Keith Murphy, but, and then no, I, think, was... I think the lines today showed uh, Keith Murphy as the top, and then it was Zadorov Bokvist second pair. Oh, I thought it was Dahan and Mitchell second and then, pair, and then Dahan Mitchell third. That's uh-huh. how it was listed. But we'll see. We'll see oh. Wednesday. Um, I think we're gonna see, um, regardless of of uh, uh, our thoughts on Zadorov, which aren't nice. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have nothing gonna... against him. I think he's a no, fine no, no. third pairing defenseman. No, I know, it's I know. Just... Yeah. Um, it's just it's he traded trying to thought for him. And if we look in terms of we look in terms of asset management, you turn Panarin into Zadorov yeah. at the end of the day, which makes um, it worse. But I think I think that's regardless of that, we can get into. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's another story. Um, but I think regardless of that, the way Zadorov plays and the way he's going to be deployed, I think we're going to be able to see. Boakfist, uh I think we're going to be able to see Boakfist, uh free roam, you know, and and be be the yeah. best defense when he can be, which is which is what the Hawks need him to be. So I think that's the one positive out of having uh, Zadorov on Boakfist's side because you're going to see Boakfist now um, join the rush a lot more, I think, and Zadorov will be able to cover for him, or he'll Zadorov will be staying back. And Boakfist is probably also going to get first power play unit time this year more than likely he does uh, he's like got he's just done just give him the keys to the power play just let yeah. him run it it's Don't nothing against duncan keith right i know that but just eventually let bokris take it over because you know he's going to be able to one day well, so just well, I think he like... is he is on that first power play right now i think yeah i would just see what he can do there he needs to stay then... there on a consistent basis because he i think yeah. he has gone first line power play but then it's like he gets switched with keith and i don't think he is he, keith is he a number one quarterback power play yeah. quarterback and you need to develop both in that yeah. role because that's essentially why you drafted him to be this dynamic yeah. offensive defenseman who drives play and all that yes good puck mover good passer yeah um yeah but i yeah, so Keith and Murphy is going to be that first pairing. Obviously, they're probably going to put them against the hardest uh, competition. Um, mm-hmm. 
best teams, players. And I'd like to see Tahan and Mitchell in that second pairing because I think they could do a better job of playing defense, whereas like Zadorov and Bogfist can be your third pairing. Yeah. Let Bogfist face the least hardest competition. Let him be, grow confidence out there because I think Tahan and Mitchell are better suited to take on maybe more tougher competition. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would I would like to see uh, I would like to see Nicholas Bodine get uh, a good portion of time yeah, too. Definitely, and yeah. so with, uh, Lucas Carlson on that left as well. side. Yeah. yeah, more than likely with the Han, which I hope he can stay healthy this year. But there's always that risk with him of getting him getting even, even Connor Murphy. Eh? Connor Murphy, I've always liked Connor Murphy because he's sloppy. He's really underrated. He blocks shots. He's good in his own end. He's not an awful skater. Like I know a lot of people hated that he was traded for Jalmerson, but like in a vacuum, if you take away the nostalgia for Jalmerson and the fan support, it's not that it was a good trade because you traded down for a younger horse, basically. No one is Jalmerson when it comes to shot blocking, but Murphy can does, does a little bit of everything defensively, which you need on a team like the Hawks where there's not a lot of good shutdown defensemen. Yeah. Definitely. Um, um, there's a lot of players on waivers today, and one person that stood out was Joshua Hosang. He he did end up passing, but uh, just wondering if you guys have any like maybe someone that that if you looked at the waivers, if there's anyone isn't, that stood out as a potential waiver. Pickup. Isn't uh, what's his name's on there? Um, Oliver uh, Shillington. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think I think for the he's a lefty, right? Yeah, he's a lefty. I mean, uh, that for me, I mean. I think you got to at least look at it if you're Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Joshua Hosang is interesting because you see people like, um, I'm not going to name on names, but they, like Joshua Hosang, he just never gets a chance and it sucks because he's, yeah. all the advanced stats suggest otherwise, he's put up good numbers and I just, yeah. I, I just don't and, understand and why he hasn't been given a chance. That's a guy that, that's a guy that lit it up in junior mm-hmm. and, and he, he, you know, he has that potential deep down. And I mean, you look at, we, we've talked about the Blackhawks and their forward depth now. Um, how I mean, I don't know exactly how this season's going to go. We're not very optimistic about it, obviously. But... <laughs> it's all about getting Owen Power. That's yeah, the important we'll thing. Which we'll get into later, yeah, definitely. Um, I think you can, it, it wouldn't hurt to give him a shot. You know? Yeah. Um, even if it's like, because I think you already cleared, even if it's like trading one of our forwards from, you know, like just giving him a chance, because the Blackhawks do have history with giving former first round picks a chance. Like, uh, so you think Slater Cuckoo, even Alex Nylander, just like all these former first round picks, even Nikita Zadorov is a former first round pick. So, like these so called reclamation projects, it'd be interesting to see if Joshua Hosang, because I think he could be like a nice middle six forward. And. Yeah, um, the Lake Tahoe game. Is that how you say it? Lake Tahoe? I don't know. I, I Lake Tahoe. Tahoe? Okay, yeah, we'll Tahoe. say it then. So I think it's Boston, Philadelphia, and Colorado in Vegas. And I saw like a rendering of it. And oh my God, that looks so cool. I'm so excited for that. It's just, it's so different because usually when you have outdoor games, they're in like a football stadium or baseball stadium. But like, this is like right by a lake. I, that's awesome to see. And uh, you know what? You know what Lake Louise is, right, uh, Vinny? Yeah. I yeah, want to go there that, so bad. That would be that would be I, so I wanna, awesome to have. I want to go there so bad. Have that'd you been be, there? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have. It's beautiful. Oh, I want to go there, man. Oh, that'd be yeah. So if Charles, if you don't know, Lake Louise is in. It's in the the Rocky Mountains. It's in Alberta. It's like so I had to I had to look it up on yeah, Google it's, it's, because it's I'm American. I don't know what, where well, it was. It's probably like a I don't know how long of a drive would that be for me. For me, it's, I think it's, tough it's like a few hours. Go. Is this where people have the outdoor rinks? Like, I've seen, like, ODRs that look similar to this. Um, yeah. It, uh, what, uh, wait, is it, what it? Yeah, it is one of them. It, you probably have seen it. It's, it's Canada has got really some insane blue. outdoor rinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. It's, like, it's amazing to look at. It's like, that is all frozen water, and you could skate on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, That's like it's, a 10-plus-hour like drive for me. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, you know, we, I saw a comment. It was like, we should play one in Texas, just like in the middle of the desert and see how well the ice does. <laughs> Melt immediately. Yeah. Oh boy. They, I remember, I think they, there was like a outdoor game. I think it was in 2014. It was LA and Anaheim. And I remember they did in California and the ice was not good. So just like imagine that in like Texas or something. You're just playing it slush at that point. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, you could like, you wouldn't even need skates. You could just like walk through it. <laughs> But um, turns into a slip and slide. Yeah, basically. Um, so 
unaware prospect for O-File now, Owen Power. And it's not Owen Powers, it's actually Owen Power. I always get that mixed up because I think of Scott Powers and I'm like, ah, yes, his last name is Powers. And like, no, it's actually it's actually Owen Power. So, uh, Vinny, do you want to go first on him? Um, yeah, Owen Power. Um, big left shot defenseman. Uh, really good offensively. Um, but he's had he's had a couple of good seasons now with the Chicago Steel and and uh, now he's playing at the University of Michigan, right? Yeah, which is by the way, there's like a couple of other really good prospects oh, yeah, that are yeah, there. They're, like they're they're stacked. they're stacked and they already have like Bordolo and I'm forgetting who else. I think they have Cam Mark too. Like they're ridiculously isn't stacked. Kent isn't Kent Johnson there? Yeah, Ken Johnson. I think yeah. Matt Byrne so Ben Yers is on there. I think that's how you say that. Um, I really like Beneers. I yeah, watched him in the world is you, yeah, Man, Beneers is really good. But yeah, that, I, that team is... I think he I would be surprised if Beneers, like with this draft, it's going to be really hard to take players because there's no consensus. Of, yeah, if Beneers somehow falls out of the top ten, I'm going to be shocked if he somehow the, falls. The, the draft rankings are a nightmare right now, but we won't we won't yeah. get too much into that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no Owen Power, really good on offense. Uh, I think there's been some questions about his defense, but I mean, either way, he's he's a really good. Um, really good defenseman that's going to be right near the top of this draft. Have we even brought up the fact that he's six foot six and can skate like the wind? Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> unit. Yeah. And Big rig. If you think about the Blackhawks, you got both Fist Mitchell on your on, on their right side, but you don't I'm really sure. have the that if I got uh, if I gotta compare someone to Owen Power, I don't know. He kind of gives me Dougie Hamilton vibes. Yeah, I was thinking player. if he was more complete, I was thinking Victor Hemming because that's obviously the easy one. He just won mm. the Conn Smythe as a Norse and yeah. one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Like at the Honestly, absolute, abs- at the absolute the peak, at the absolute peak, he could be like a Victor Hemming. But I didn't even think about that. Dougie Hamilton is a pretty good comparison. Yeah, just being probably that, a better one. Being that like it's taller, more of the skating, yeah, to be honest. But kind of being that taller defenseman, yeah. but very good offensively, but maybe a de- de- decent defensive game. It's really a matter of how yeah. well he can work on his defensive game. Yeah. But yeah, if the Blackhawks, I assume they're going to be uh, in the lottery spot. Yeah. Um, if they do finish first last, the worst they can drop to before was four. But like we brought up, this class is so like yeah. there's no consensus. And, that it could go. I mean. Way. To put in perspective how deep this draft is with left-handed D-man, like there's some mock drafts. There's five defensemen going top five and all left-handed, like Owen Power, Brant Clark, Simone Edvinson, Luke Hughes, Carson Lambos. Like this Simone is not Edvinson as too. yeah. This draft, in my opinion, is not as good as last year's draft. But in terms right. of defensemen, it's, it is a much deeper draft with the and defense. That's what the, and that's what the Blackhawks need. Yeah, it's perfect. They need the a left-handed they... D-man so yeah. bad. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I don't think Brent Clark is left-handed, but like either way, that still speaks to the, I think he's right-handed, but like that's, again, it just speaks to the depth. And obviously over the next uh, little bit, we're going to discuss uh, a lot about the draft because they're like prospect, prospect profiles, just because um, uh, we're not going to be, we're not going to be in the playoffs. Um, we even had Scott Powers on, he's like, like internally, they don't, the organization thinks they're not going to make it either. So like, this team is not making the playoffs, barring a miracle. Like Kevin yeah. Lincoln and just steps in and becomes like a Vesna, a heart can. Unless he turns in a Hoshik 2.0, it's yeah, exactly. not happening. Yeah, or how he carried Finland at the World Championships a couple of years ago. Like, it ain't happening. So, yeah, we're going to be doing more prospect profiles. Uh, next time, we'll do Carson Lambos because I know uh, Vinny knows a ton about him and he'll love to talk about this. So, we can get a lot about that. So, um. All right, so before we end things off, uh, I want to hear some of your guys' hot takes and also Stanley Cup predictions because me and Jimmy did ours the last episode and I kind of just want to hear you guys. So before before we get into the Stanley Cup predictions, uh, give me a surprise playoff team, potentially a team that you a lot of people don't see making it, but uh, you guys think could. Uh, Vinny, you can go first. Oh, I, I need to think about this for a second. <laughs> oh, I got to think too. Um... All right, I'll give you this one first. Um, uh, breakout player. That uh, you might not think much about. Uh, I'm gonna go Cart um, Carter Verhage, the Florida Panthers. Like I think it's gonna be like Marsh so he's gonna get that middle six opportunity, and he's shown promise. Like I've seen some of his scrimmages and like in practices, he's looked good. He's another one of those players that was buried on a deep Lightning team. If you just give him an opportunity, he looked good even in limited time with Tampa. Like I think he's gonna be a guy that comes out of nowhere and people are like wow this guy's good 
because he's going to play middle six with Florida more likely. By the next Jonathan Marshall, Marshall, so does that mean he's going to go to Seattle in the expansion draft now? Um, Talon's not the GM, so hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. That's um, good. I, I, I mean, breakout player. I mean, I, I have a strong feeling about who might win the Calder, if you want to hear that. Yeah, let's hear it. Tim Stutzla. Tim Stutzla, you're, you're on that? All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it's... On the Stutzla train. Oh, yeah. It's uh, maybe it's... Well, it's, a, it's definitely um, a personal bias sort of thing, probably. But um, I, I love watching that guy play. Um, definitely going to be people, good. People kept giving me, like, they were like, oh, you think he's better than Byfield? I'm like, I've watched this guy play. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Like, yeah, I saw he was on Ottawa's first line left wing, so he's definitely going to get yeah, the chance, I, which is good. The guy's him. edge work is, like, out of this universe. It's and his skating. And you, like, think he's got that, um, he's got, like, that yeah. Barzell McDavid type skating. Yeah. It's crazy. You'd think a player like that would be mm-hmm. only a perimeter player. but No, he gets to the inside. Not. You remember that goal against not, Switzerland? Yeah. He always he he gets to the he gets to the to those certain those uh, so called dirty areas and he always just finds a way, um, finds a way to score those types of goals and, you know, like you said, yeah, he, he gets to the inside and he's just and and then the the incredible hockey IQ to go with it. It's it's it makes for a really dynamic offensive player who actually is relatively responsible on his own end. I mean, if you yeah. Want, he is good in his own end. I remember in the World Juniors, um, there was that one clip where he back-checked super hard because it was like a – they were on the power play, I think. Or And then, like, they gave up that rush. He back-checked all the way back. Like, yeah. Or it was a penalty kill. I don't remember. But, like, he, yeah, he back-checked really hard. You don't see that a lot of times in wingers. Sometimes they just phone it in and say, like oh, whatever. Especially 18-year-olds. Yep, in the yeah. it shows how much shows how much maturity the guy has right now, already at that young age, and he also he plays physical too. So um, that's yeah, really nice player. I think I think he's definitely. I mean, yeah, I think I think he can win the the Calder this year. Yeah, I had him as my that's, Calder winner. That's that's saying something because you got you got Alexi Lafreniere in there, and and um, Caprizov. Uh, yeah, and uh, Byfield. I think what is Byfield gonna play? Like, I don't he... know, man. I don't think he is. I Trevor Zegra is playing. I know that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are guys that, uh, especially Stutzla, he'll he'll get a chance. And well, I mean, we just saw him. He's on. He's on their. Uh, he was on their first line left wing today. So, yeah, that, that's it's. Um, it'll be good. Um, my breakout player is I want to go Kevin Fiala from Minnesota. He was really hot down the stretch last year and was amazing in the playoffs. And Minnesota, we usually think of this team of being like a boring defensive team. And I think they have a, uh, a dynamic offensive player there. And I think Kevin Fiala really breaks out, becomes a household name as someone who gets a point per game. So that's my uh, breakout player. You guys have your, uh, yeah. your, uh, teams that could surprise make a playoff. Cause I have mine. All right. Hold on. I I think I'm gonna. This is gonna sound like cheesy, but I actually have a theory, like of who can actually do that. Let's hear it. I hate saying this, so the Panthers can make the playoffs, but like what Zito has done to build the team, he's built a team in the bane of like the expansion Vegas team and like Columbus. He's built a team that's not gonna be extremely flashy, but a team that, that limits turnovers. And just plays hard, and that's what that the Panthers have needed for the longest time is limiting turnovers and playing hard. If they can add that to the skill they have, I I, I don't know. I think Florida can actually make it. People are going to say, "Oh, they lost Dadnov, they lost Hoffman." I think Duclair can easily fill Dadnov's spot. I think Hornquist can have a really good season. I think Tippett can have a really good season. The thing with this team is it's a lot of. You got to, it's hoping and expecting and like, maybe this guy can do this. It's a lot of, you're like putting, you're just taking your drawing out of a hat and hoping that these guys hit and this team works. Yeah, I think they can make it out of that division though. Yeah, sorry, but betting on the Panthers usually doesn't work, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I love what they've done this offseason though. I got a similar situation here. Um, I'm going to say the Buffalo Sabres. 
because now they're in a really tough division and I'm not saying that they're for sure going to make it. Um, But I think because they finally found a second line center, Eric Stahl, who's 36, don't let that fool you. The guy is still playing really good hockey. And with that in mind, and now that they have uh, a, like a really good winger for, I think, Taylor Hall alongside Eichel. I think that's fantastic. For Even him. if they don't put them together, that gives them scoring depth, which yeah. they really do yeah. not have. And you're, you're going to see the best Jack Eichel. And and that's that's saying something because he's been really good uh, as of late. Especially like last season, he was really good. Um, I think you're going to see a really, really good Jack Eichel. And I think Taylor Hall is going to benefit from that too. So look at that contract. Hall. It's one of my bold picks that I, I think Jack Eichel can actually win the heart this year. Like, it's definitely not out of the question. Playing with a legitimate one first-line winger like Hall, this is the first time I think that Eichel has had a like, elite first-line winger with him. Like, Skinner was good, but I don't think he's elite like Taylor, Taylor Hall. Hall he's, no, he's, he's no Taylor Hall. Yeah. Exactly. Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, I bet. Taylor Hall is going to go off this. Now, is who's who's their goalies? Is is uh, is, Hallmark is and he, uh, Hutton? I like Hallmark, but Hutton is. I think he's playing in the AHL this year. He might be a couple years okay. away still. Okay. I mean, when he comes up, and then you, you still you got. I mean, <laughs> you don't have Jack Eichel. There's no way that team makes the playoffs. No. It without really Jack is, yeah, it, it really is cynical to forget about. Rasmus Dahlin, but that guy—he is, is so good, man. Freak, he's he's still a freak of nature, and I mean, he's so yeah. good that even the Sabers couldn't ruin him. He's uh, he's that good. Yeah, so you got him yeah. on the back end. They and, got Dylan Cousins coming up too. He's going to play yeah. off of really good World Juniors. Yeah, so they they got pieces to build around, and if not this year, I mean, I think Buffalo has a bright future. Yeah. Here's my pick. I mean, it's not really like a surprise pick, but the New York Rangers, I think they can definitely uh, make it. Obviously, they got a wealth of talent, especially young talent with Lafreniere, Kako, and they got the Hart uh, nominee with Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, who scored. If they played the full season last year, he would have scored 50 goals. And you look at their blue line, they got Adam Fox, who very well could have been nominated for Calder. Um Tony D'Angelo, no matter what you think of him, he's still a good offensive defenseman, uh, Jacob Truba. And then you got Keandre Miller, who really helps fill out that left side. And I, I think he's going to be awesome for them. And then you got a young goaltending uh, tandem with uh, Shosturkin and Gorgiev. And I just think they have a lot of uh, nice pieces there. And they could, honestly, I think they could push for that fourth uh, final spot in the, uh, I think it's the uh, Eastern Division or whatever, or Atlantic Division, but it's going to be tough because there's Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders. It's going to be really tough, but I think they could squeak in in that fourth spot. So that's my surprise team. Um, So I have, me and Jimmy went through our uh, Stanley Cup predictions last episode, last podcast episode. So I want to hear your guys' Stanley Cup predictions, like who they, who's in the final and uh, who, uh, what's the consummate, all that stuff, number games, all that. Well, I'm going to say Colorado and Tampa Bay. I want and that I too. think I think I think I think the Avalanche uh beat Tampa in seven games. And your are not heart. Uh your Con Smythe winner is your Con Smythe winner is Nathan McKinnon. And you talk about the Avalanche this year. Um they're they're going to be scary. Like it's, it's the God, it's they're not in our division, man. It's, but it's we do have Tampa Bay though. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an embarrassment of riches in Colorado. I mean, you look at their defense. Um, they, they've got the best defense in the league, basically like, like they're right there. And, and then waiting in the wings, they got Bowen Byram. They got Justin, uh, Justin Barron. Like it's Hunter Timmons. Connor Timmons. It's it's, it's, it's scary. It's not like fair. It's... And then on forward, they got they, like their forwards already stacked. Yeah. But then you got Alex Newhooks waiting in the weeds. You got yeah. uh, Shane Bowers and Martin Kelly. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and like, um... if, if Joe Sackick picks up, if you if Joe Sackick calls you, do not respond to his trade offer because he's going to rob you. He will just rob you every yeah, he'll time. Trade a, he'll at... trade a bottom pairing defenseman for a top six guy. You, you yeah, like the, you look at the individual personnel on their defense. Like like you got. Um, 
They oh. robbed Avon Taves from yeah. the Islanders. Like, like, like yeah. Taves. You're looking at Taves, McCarr, Gerard. They basically replaced Adorov with uh, Taves, which is just not even fair. Taves, McCarr, Gerard, um, Johnson. And, yeah, um, but no, just think about like the guys that like just how hard they'll be to forecheck, like like, yeah. like McCarr, Gerard, with the puck. Taves. Yeah. Like, who's gonna forecheck them? Like they're gonna get they're gonna get out of their end with ease. Yeah, and they're going to be able to get it up to Nathan McKinnon, who can already fly past yeah. you. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and we we already know we all know how deep their 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 offense is too. So it's it's ridiculous. I, yeah. I he's uh, like ever since that uh, Duchesne trade, Joe Sakic has, has done no wrong. And I think my biggest question for them is Philip Grubauer staying healthy. If he stays healthy, they very yeah. well win. They probably win the cup. Honestly, yeah. I also had Colorado Tampa Bay, but I say Tampa Bay repeats, and I think they won seven. I chose Brain Point as my Smith winner, but I also think this that it's going to be a Detroit Pittsburgh situation where they face off next year, and I think Tampa or Colorado wins next year. That's what I think happens. The following year, you think? Yeah, twenty twenty two. Because I think those two are the they're the two superpowers. I think in the league. Yeah. And but honestly. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Colorado won, though. Like, I, Colorado's going to be around a long time. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're especially with anywhere. especially with how well managed their contract situation is. Even if they have to resign Nathan McKinnon, they got a bunch of young guys mm-hmm. coming up. They have all their draft. Like, like it's just ridiculous how yeah. well run they they are. Like, don't don't they? Have so, like, what's is Gerard? Does Gerard have that five million contract? Yeah, yeah and and Gerard is, is yeah. Gerard is good too. That's the thing. I always think about they got. Shane Bowers and Gerard when they in that Kyle Turris trade in that three team oh. trade, it's like oh let's just get Gerard and Shane Bowers. Oh, nothing to see here. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, just robbery like, and their blue line is so loaded. Embarrassment like, of riches. Mm-hmm. For me, I have Colorado and Philadelphia. Is I'm going with Tampa having the Stanley Cup hangover. You yeah. see it all the time in hockey. Teams with the Stanley Cup hangover. You saw it with Washington. You've seen it with St. Louis. You've seen it with every team. Even the Hawks had it. They couldn't repeat. The Kings couldn't repeat. No team has been able to repeat since the Penguins. And before then, it was the Red Wings. Like, I think with Kucherov out, and I'm also factoring that they play in Tampa. COVID is going to be a problem with their team all year. Like, it's that's just a, a that's fact. An interesting point. That's an interesting that point. That is a good point, but I also think at the same time, Tampa Bay is so deep. It's like if you cut yeah. off one arm, they'll but grow two. We, we, like we, talked about yeah, it's, we talked about it earlier that it's the organizational depth. One guy goes out, another guy comes in. Like it's... Yeah. But, yeah, I'm saying Colorado beats Philadelphia in the, fi- in the Stanley Cup final, and I have Nathan McKinnon winning the Conn Smythe. It's just I cannot see this Colorado team losing to anybody. They almost beat Dallas, and they were injured. They're half their team well. and back, and they like, brought like, them. Like, say what say what you want about uh, Philip Gruber. I mean, I think he's an underrated goalie personally, but say what you want about him. How many like how many shots do you think he's going to get? Like not much. He just he, has to be. He just has to be decent. Yeah, he doesn't have to be elite. Because like I said, you you like you come over the red line, you you dump it in on those demons. They're just gonna nope. Swoop back, grab it. And you also have Pavel Francouz, who can show that he can be a good goalie, too. So you got to think, who can be the starter? Francouz, or I think Grubauer will be the guy, but with Francouz, this is having a backup is really important this year. Like, there's going to be back to backs and all that condensed schedule. You're going to see a guy like Francouz potentially become the starter. I think they could have won. They, I think they had a chance to go all the way this year. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if, they did. If, I mean, if, what, half their team was, wasn't injured. Yeah, like, Michael Hutchinson was their starting goalie, and they still took yeah. it to game seven overtime. It was yeah. only Joel Kiviranta yeah. that got yeah. a hat trick that got in their way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I think that's it. Um, thank you, boys, for joining. It's always great to have you on. Other than that, Bozo Jimmy, it's finally nice to have some other people on. Um. Well, understand. I love Jimmy. He's at work right now, I think. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to get the boys on more. Vinny and uh, Charles. It's always nice to have you guys on. And uh, yeah, the NHL season. Uh, well, tomorrow. By the time yeah. this will be out, it'll be Tuesday. It's going to be tomorrow. So, um, looking forward to it. Uh, one last thing. What is your guys' predictions for uh, the first game against Tampa? Oh, uh, I bad won. things. Are gonna... I think 
they're going to take it to, I think it's going to be 5-4 Tampa wins in overtime, but I think Ian Mitchell gets his first goal. I think the Blackhawks win. Um, I'm just going to go with a crazy pick. I just say Tampa looks completely out of it from the Stanley Cup hangover, and they just barely walk away with a win. Like, they win 4-3 or something. Like, they kind of, like, overlook the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks take it to them, but yeah, the lightning firepower yeah. will just will win it for them. I think uh, I think we see uh, I think Tampa wins five three. Uh, I think Debrinka gets two goals, and I think um, hmm. who who we think who who we think would get that third goal? Uh, go, go Ian Mitchell. Uh, yeah, I think Ian Mitchell. I mean, I'd love, I'd love just to a good feeling. First goal. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. If honestly, if he gets his goal, that's like a win right there for the Black. I would just go Highmore because I think I get to see Highmore randomly ah. getting a goal. Get, How about get a this? Nice little, just like against. Uh, How about this? Robin. Andrew Shaw. <laughs> yeah, oh sure. yes, we need that grit. <laughs> yeah, no, get a uh, get Highmore another another clutch goal, just like in the playoffs. Already, the nice the, the nice deflection goal. Oh yeah, I just thinking back to that series. That's probably the most fun I've had uh, the Blackhawks the last five yeah. years, and it probably yes, won't be like that, that for years. <laughs> Pierce, that podcast that we did after that comeback that. game. Man, that was best feeling ever. Pretty sure we did it with Spencer too. Yeah. Oh man, we were we were buzzing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I was I so could, excited. I could hardly talk. I, I could, could hardly either, speak. Yeah. My favorite thing with these Oilers fans are like, oh my gosh, McDavid isn't good enough. He had nine points in four games. I mean, I don't I'm not sure how much he else could have done honestly. Literally, it was averaging two points per game. <laughs> literally Wait, what? Yeah. He stole them a game. The, yeah. the, it, it would have been a sweep if it wasn't for that. Like, it, come on! Like, oh man, it's gonna be a while till we see uh, Blackhawks in the yeah. playoffs. But you know what? I'm you know it's take what you tough, get. Right? It's gonna it's like, gonna be a tough year, but uh, hopefully uh, we get the first overall pick and get one of those defensemen. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, I need that Owen Power in my life. Yeah. Owen Power or Lambos, please. And, uh, or Luke I'll, Hughes. I'll, I'll die happy now. Even even Simon Edvinson just one yeah, of Luke Hughes also. Yeah, I need to yeah. I need to see more of that Edvinson guy because I've heard really good about him. I didn't even or know. Or Ken Johnson, man. If if we can't get a defenseman than Kent Johnson, that guy is oh, ridiculously yeah. skilled. No, but here's a, I'll just say I won't get too much in the draft, but 2022. Your Chain Ash Slavkovsky. Chain right, chain right, chain right, yep, chain right. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. remember the name. Your Ash Slavkovsky. Slovakian, six what, six foot four, two eighteen, hands and and he's sixteen. Is, Isn't he sixteen? Yeah. yeah. Yes, ridiculous. So remember that name for twenty twenty two as well. All right. That's it for the uh, PJ's cast. And uh, yeah, thank you boys for tuning on. It was a great conversation. And uh, go Hawks go. Maybe we take out a win against Tampa. Peace, everyone.